0: Hello everybody and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian. I'm here with Mike J and this is the Nerdcast where we're going to be talking about uh, all of the nerdy sort of geek culture, pop culture things that have been happening or at least as many as we can cram into our time limit. Um, And yeah, we're going to try and make it interesting for you as well. So welcome to the show. Um, I'm, and, and Mike J, welcome to the show as well, I guess. (laughs) Uh, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, Had a little bit of like a downpour last night that freaked me out because we haven't had rain in forever. Yeah. And and it just decided tonight at 2am you will have exactly 10 minutes of rain. Hmm.
0: I love it when it rains in the middle of the night. I, I sleep like a baby oh, when dude, that happens. I,
1: that's my personal favorite, too. It's yeah, just, it came out of nowhere, and it was just, like, so hard and so heavy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that shit. Um, and we haven't really gotten a lot of rain here uh, since, like, September. So, well, there, yeah, because um, the tornado, or not tornado, the hurricane, some of that... Kind of trickled over, but mostly, nah, we didn't really get much. Uh, All right. So what we are going to be doing today, we have a lot of nerdy subjects to get into. So we may as well dive into them. But if you guys could help us out, hit the like button uh, because it really helps us reach more people. And um, also, if you're not already subscribed, then please consider subscribing and hitting the bell for notifications. We try to do shows every day of the week, Monday through Friday, that is. Sometimes we even do, we might do a show on the weekend. So um, let's go ahead and get started into the stories, shall we? So first up, uh, TwitchCon happened. And I'm not really sure what, I mean, I assume that TwitchCon is essentially a convention for Twitch streamers. And people that are part of the Twitch, uh, what would you call it? A community, I guess. Close enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, when I remember, I went to VidCon. And uh, at VidCon, it was basically all about YouTubers. And this was like in 2017. And when I went to VidCon, I got to meet a lot of, you know, pretty influential folks And I guess TwitchCon is probably something like that, except that Twitch is now the new, you know, sort of YouTube. It's like really, really, really popular. And so one of the things that sort of like cemented that popularity is apparently uh, Megan the Stallion and Master Chief twerked on stage. And um, because, of course, they did. So uh rapper will b- both host and musical what? Ha- rapper will be both host and musical guest on this week's Saturday Night Live as well. Uh Megan the Stallion headline Saturday night at San Diego TwitchCon. And keeping in keeping with the theme of the gamer-friendly live stream service event, twerked with Master Chief from Halo. <laughs> the bizarre moment occurred. There's like a video too. Uh that we could check it out. Um, the, twi- the the person who tweeted it out said, bro, I'm fucking crying. They got Master Chief getting ass from Megan the Stallion, LMFAO, whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa, Is this our version of, of Nero fiddling while Rome burns?
0: <laughs> I mean like uh you know I guess like this is the this is the problem when normies like pick up everyone else's like, you know, kind of niche interests. I think that that's, that's the thing about this, that, you know, I'm just going to use this as a cautionary tale. Okay. You don't really want the thing that you feel like really passionate about. That's your thing. Or maybe it's got a small community, but they're devoted. They're committed, you know, they're involved so that this, that, that thing isn't going to die. It's not just going to, you know, because it's not making enough money, but you want to guard against this, this normie shit, because that's, I don't know, like maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm just an old fogey, but man, if I ever like see something that I really liked and you know, some guy is cosplaying as a character from something, I don't know, like, um, like a dark souls game. And then they bring out like, you know, Lizzo to twerk with my, the Dark Souls character, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die inside. I'm going to die inside a lot. <laughs> so that's kind of like what I get from it. I mean, Megan twerking with a Paramount Plus property continues the rapper's takeover of every streaming service as she's also twerked with She-Hulk over on Disney Plus. Is that a good thing? Judged on HBO Max's legendary and just this week teased she was filming something Halloweeny and possibly Stranger Things related, or Netflix. Well, fuck it, I'm not watching um, Stranger Things right now. But Lizzo should—or not Lizzo. I'm sorry, I'm getting—I'm getting my pose confused. Um, Megan Thee Stallion should just appear—just appear in Stranger Things. No, you know, don't even. She worry should be about the.
1: It. She should be the next thing they find in the Upside Down.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, she they have to the steal film.
1: James Madison's flute to destroy her.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and next week on Peacock, uh, she will serve as both host and musical guest on Saturday Night Live. So th- this is really just like an ad for, you know, where you can find Megan the Stallion. But I just wanted to briefly bring attention to this. Um, th- th- what does this even have
1: to do with Twitch? uh what does this have to do with streaming
0: well i, I guess are people still playing halo
1: on twitch i mean they, there was halo infinite but like that flopped due to lack of support i mean i think there was at one point pe- there were more people playing the master chief collection than there were playing halo infinite
0: yeah uh that's a good point um, I, I look, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's another thing too. What if this is one of those, like, um, like out of touch kind of like, uh, what'd you call it? Stunts where it's like, Hey kids, don't you like halo? And, and like kids are not playing halo anymore. They've all moved on to something else, but they're trying to like, it's the master chef. I mean, chief, you know? It's, it's that kind of out-of-touch marketing.
1: definitely probably is. I mean, yeah, I, I actually know. Fuck fuck, probably. It, it definitely is. <laughs> exactly. This is, it's certainly a stunt, but. I mean, they're just, they're just cramming names in this because I guess this is what you do when you have a con. You try to get as many famous people there as possible and they probably yeah. really needed some way to divert away from the fact that what was that? Uh, one of the uh, Twitch streamer, the former or current porn star? I I don't know. Uh, ended up like breaking her ass, jumping into their oh, poorly made concrete foam uh, pit.
0: Adriana Chechnik or something. She is a former porn star. Yeah, I, I mean that. Yeah, it's, like that's cringe, man. And why are you? Well, I don't know if she. Just like decided to do it, if she was being promoted by Twitch. But there's something about that that is kind of like, I don't know. It doesn't. It's 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 not good. But yeah, Adriana Chechnik. Um, I mean, I hope she recovers.
1: But, yeah, no, uh, that was <laughs> damn. Like you could see that. Oh god, there's someone described it perfectly. Like as soon as she hits, she's and this happens to everyone gets injured. You've got that five seconds where you're trying to will yourself out of not being injured and just play Mm -hmm. it off. Mm -hmm. And then after that five seconds ends, you you know you've absolutely shit the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And she, like, props to her for not, like, just lying there and screaming, which is probably what I would have done if I broke my back in two places.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it seems like TwitchCon is a cringe fest. I mean,
1: like, just based well, I've
0: we could, yeah, I know, with Hassan, you know, uh, and, and everything, I didn't really want to talk about Hassan, but, um, it's just an example of, like, where things are, like, our, our popular culture is really in the gutter, in a lot of ways, <laughs> and I guess with the case of, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, literally in the gutter, but, um, Anyway, I mean, this
1: is actually a pretty valid representation of Twitch, though. Yeah, you know, you, you've got video games getting pushed to the to the back by by a half-naked woman. Yeah, and that's Twitch in a in a nutshell. It's true. It's just that's it's just t- titty streamers now, all the way down.
0: Yeah, well, that's almost the, it, social media in the in a nutshell now. Like, no matter you can go to Instagram, uh, it doesn't matter. You'll find you know, titty streamers or oh, yeah. people taking pictures or showing, or they're advertising their only fans or whatever.
1: Constantly. Every, every, every website on earth is going to feature at least one woman going now, how can I make my ass the star of this show?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And th- exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, I d- That's it. I just wanted to mention that briefly. So, you know, Uh, let us know what you guys think about that in the comments now uh, let's take a look at this all right this is kind of interesting so um this is about she hulk the series now i haven't talked much at all about she hulk i think i talked a little bit about it when it first came out because i was familiar with the comic books and i wanted to point out how the comics were different from the series so that people wouldn't essentially shit on the comics because I thought the comics were pretty good when I read them in the eighties when John Byrne was heading up the run. So I don't know if they changed her after that. I'm sure they did because they've done this all throughout. Uh, But uh, this is actually kind of an interesting story because uh, it's about how the show is essentially going after YouTubers and Uh, In this story, I mean, going after as in, like, they're kind of making... They're trying to make fun of them or they're, you know... They're not, like, legally coming after them or anything like that. But uh, this... I guess in the last episode, or maybe one prior... She hulk models uh, the members of a group from the show called Misogynist Antagonist Group Intelligentsia. So... Am I M A G Magi? I guess after the YouTuber Doomcock, so one of the members, or maybe many members, I don't know. Uh, they gave him a mask, and they're basically he's a YouTuber that wears a mask and probably like distorts his voice. I think, and that's essentially like a ripoff of what Doomcock does. So, so Doomcock was a YouTuber, is a YouTuber who makes content where he talks about the things that he loves, science fiction, you know, uh, fantasy. And in particular, I believe he's a big fan of like Star Trek, Star Wars and Doctor Who. But he also talks about the Marvel movies and, you know, other sort of nerdy uh, things. And I was watching him before he um, even started like, you know, getting involved with the culture war, the fandom menace or whatever you want to call it. Um, When he was starting to see this problem and because he's kind of like, he has like um, a number of uh, like contacts that work at some of these studios. So he can get like the inside scoop on things, you know, and, or if there's a rumor, he might talk about the rumor regarding you know content so i i think overall it's harmless like not, there's nothing he doesn't you know make any threats he doesn't do anything like that and of course he's been more and more critical of disney and warner brothers and you know all of these like the people who make star trek etc and doctor who etc um and so i guess like with she hulk uh I think the creators are really, like, this shit is really getting under their skin. So I'll read a little bit of this article from Bounding into Comics. In the strongest suggestion thus far that the Disney Plus series is nothing more than a platform for its writers to use to work out their own personal hangups, G-Hulk, attorney at law, appears to have modeled the uniform appearances of the series' incel antagonist group. So, yeah, obviously they're also incels intelligentsia on the recognizable visage of popular YouTuber, Doomcock. And, and Doomcock does, you know, I, I mean, I gotta give him credit. You know, if you've never seen his videos, he does like, he, he does a decent amount of work to build a kind of persona. That's like this super villain that lives in the center of the earth. And he has like computer screens and it's just, it's kind of neat. Like I, I appreciate that he put in probably a lot of work, you know, for this for this whole thing. And it's funny because she the She Hulk people, they did a lot less effort. Isn't that funny? Like they're the big Hollywood, like, you know, multi million dollar whatever. And they didn't I don't think that they nailed it to the same degree.
1: So well, I, I'm allow me to be the voice of dissent here. Yeah, I see similarities, but this is hardly a one for one.
0: No, I don't think they're going for a one for one because I think they're but I, I do think they're trying to allude uh, to this guy. Cause, you know, I
1: you, mm, you don't think so. I, I don't. I, I think they're definitely using this entire episode as a, as, a, as a clap back to their to their haters. But I I'm not. I'm not seeing this specifically targeted towards Doomcock. It's, I mean, the, the, as, after the, the masks and the voice changer, what other similarities have we got?
0: Well, not a lot. I mean, you know, that's basically the extent of it, unless they're doing, like, unless his speech in the She-Hulk show is similar candor. Like, you know, they're they want... But it could just be a general... Like someone in the chat said that uh it it uh not just him they are trying to go after everyone calling out Marvel they included some parodies of other YouTubers. Oh really? Um, yeah, apparently. I'd be interested to, to read about that. And I I remember when uh a while back, I don't remember what it was about, but there was in the Marvel comics they did this too where they had all of these various like political pundits commenting on something i can't remember what it was but there was clearly like you know chris reagan on head um but also alex oh yeah Jones, yeah I, I i remember Watson. that that was yeah. that
1: was like unmistakable
0: yeah 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 so i mean i guess what it means is i think they are watching all of this content they are paying attention um so but again you know I don't know. I mean, this is what the article says. You might be right. It might not be like, you know, uh, intended to be one to one. But um, I'll finish the article regardless. Introduced in the series six episode Just Gen," the Marvel Cinematic Universe's incarnation of the primary anti-Hulk supervillain team is depicted as a forum of exclusively full of angry men who have gathered in their shared hatred of She-Hulk shown making the worst quality anti-She-Hulk memes possible, very much composed of the writer's failed boomer attempts to parody contemporary memes using a format uh, last popular in 2009 and issuing death threats towards the Jade Giantess on a Reddit-like website. The intelligentsia's hatred of Jen is shown as being based on nothing more than the fact that she's a woman. This is how they're writing it. Like they just hate her because she's a woman. That's it. Um though though the group has been for the most part kept to the shadows, outside of her agent Josh being seen manipulating She-Hulk's heartstrings as part of the group's machinations, the intelligentsia finally made their debut alongside Daredevil in the c- series latest entry, Ribbit and Rip It. Uh following what is essentially an entire episode surrounding the Devil of Hell's Kitchen which is, is funny because it's like the only way they can get people to check it out is that they're like, oh, this one's going to have Daredevil in it, guys. The series' latest episode draws to an awkwardly stumbling close with Jen's attendance of the awards gala, where she has been nominated as Female Lawyer of the Year. Is that a real thing?
1: Though this, I highly doubt it.
0: Yeah, though this disappointingly turns out to be an admittedly patronizing participation trophy award rather than a genuine accolade. I'm trying to see if there's anything here. Oh, uh, however, it's midway through Jen's speech that the Intelligentsia reveal themselves to the public at large. Do you want to know who She-Hulk really is? Asked the group's masked leader, Hulk underscore King, as the group hijacks the awards ceremony's audio-visual setup. This is the truth, as presented by Intelligentsia. A voice booms out across the reception hall. As two masked men appear on screen. Uh, She-Hulk does not deserve your attention. One of the men... What? She does not... All right, wait, hold on. One of the men continues as She-Hulk's personal information obtained through Josh's hacking of her phone begins to flood the screen. She does not deserve your praise. She does not deserve the power she stole from the Hulk. She's not good enough to be a superhero. And she's a slut, he finally... Exclaims as the group's main weapon is deployed a sex tape recorded without Jen's permission by the aforementioned Josh. Starting off. Wow. Up
1: at- <laughs> um, anyway, so. I, I'm, I'm waiting for any of this to, to involve, uh, you know, the, the, the necessary. Let me, let me gather my thoughts here. I'm waiting for any of this, any of this show, uh, to hinge on the fact that the main character has superpowers.
0: You're you're waiting for what?
1: I'm waiting for this show to 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 hinge on the fact that the main character has superpowers. You're waiting on that? I mean, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that to happen. Like you could tell this dumb little story. Oh sure. It, it, with any character at the forefront, they just have to be a woman. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't need She-Hulk for this. And no. that's honestly the biggest disservice of this entire thing. This would be like this would be like making a Batman show and calling it a Batman show and naming it The Batman Show and all it is is like Bruce Wayne at Wayne Enterprises opening Excel spreadsheets and balancing his budget and getting a coffee and looking at the new prototype umbrellas they're making and, like, intending, uh, attending business meetings and yeah. talking to shareholders. But still, oh, this is the Batman show. That's, that's Batman right there. Well,
0: I, you know, yeah, he's... that's basically what the She-Hulk show is. It's basically, like, let's follow Batman through a day without having to do any Batman things. And nobody wants that. Like, no, nobody... No, that show is for the narcissistic creators because no men want that and no women want that. Like, to be, to, to be quite frank, you know? Um, but women like the woman who wrote this, they, they think that this is, like, huge. And, they're, and they have no talent... Like, there's no humor in it. They think that it's humorous, but it's really not. It's bad. Um, Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it's a fair assessment. This could go either way in terms of whether or not this is a reference to Doomcock or just, like, the fandom menace slash... I don't know, like, what column, but these uh, guys that are, you know, essentially, like, torturing themselves by watching the rings of power and Hulk and then like making videos about it, which I don't have anything against. Um, you know, go ahead. Uh, I think that people should be warned about the trash that's out there, but, um, yeah, I think that this could be a reference to them. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm leaning towards that. I think
1: that I they- mean, I, I'll, I'd say, yeah, definitely a general reference, but I'm not certain any one person is being called out. Like I said, I know it's happened in the past. Like, Mm. they've depicted, uh, obviously, Trump as M.O.D.O.C. That was unmistakable. Oh, yeah. Uh, They came right out and said, you know, oh, we're, Peterson's now the Red Skull, ha, 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 ha. And 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 that just kind of reinforces my point. Like, if they really, really want to draw a totally unmistakable comparison, they'll just fucking do it. They don't want to pussyfoot around. They don't do that.
0: Uh, I guess yeah, I mean, um, maybe they're just concerned uh with like legal legal ramifications uh, uh, again
1: what, what are they gonna do like like I said, they've already depicted Peterson as as red skull. I mean yeah, I know, I know. if you, if you can't do anything over that, you can't do anything over this
0: mm-hmm true uh all right, so let us know what you guys think about this in the comments, and uh, we're gonna move on. Uh, Albert Nader Retro gives us $5 Canadian and says, hey, here's a five spot for your troubles. Thank you. And then he gives us another $5 Canadian and says, correction, they are going after male YouTubes, even though My Nerdy Home, Melanie Mac and That Star Wars Girl trash it hard. Well, the thing about that, though, is, uh, yeah, there are plenty of female YouTubers that are also really critical. The problem is, is that they have to pretend like they're not real because they need... Th- the narrative that this is all like incel men that are in their mama's basements and stuff, because that's really what they think about the geek community or the geek population. That's really what they believe. They, they actually despise you guys. And um, that's why they have to frame it this way. That's why like uh, female geeks, I guess have to like come out in defense of, of everyone in the community because then they'll have to face them and what they're doing now is avoiding it because if they can just say well this is a bunch of incel you know angry misogynistic incel men and they just show that then people are not going to go look or to see if there's any other voices that are saying similar things because they've been handed you know these guys and um, on top of that, they know that like no one's going to have sympathy for these men. No one's going to wonder if they might be right. They're just going to accept the narrative that, oh yeah, they just hate women and they're, ner- and they're nerds and incels that live in their mama's basement. So that's why they leave it out. It's not, it's not ignorance. It's not stupidity. It's planned because uh, the existence of that Star Wars girl and Melanie Mack and others shatters their entire narrative. It blows it right out of the water. So they can't have that. All right. uh, Let us move on. But yeah, let me know. Do you think that this is a reference to Doomcock? Uh, Let us know in the comments. All right. So we got this other story. Uh, I thought I was going to have like a simple response to this, but I actually kind of, I had to think about what, was said here, and I am a little sympathetic. So let me read this, okay? Uh, This is also from Bounding into Comics. Watchmen creator Alan Moore says, adults who enjoy superhero media are engaging in a, quote, kind of infantilization that can very often be a precursor to fascism, end quote.
1: Whoa, whoa, slow that down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying... The last part is you know, typical Alan Moore craziness, but, but let's dig into this a little bit. So making his latest trip out of his self-imposed semi-exile to criticize the current state of the industry, iconic comic book author Alan Moore has expressed concern over adults actively enjoying comic book media as he believes them to be engaging in a kind of infantilization that can very often be a precursor to fascism. Um,
1: now, alleged- now, Brian, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> uh, Al, Alan Moore, this, this was a guy responsible for such things as The Watchmen, right? Yeah. A, a comic that you would not give to children, as it is not intended for children, yes. whose, ah, uh, uh, oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue, could, could only be properly consumed by adults? adults?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of so he's
1: bitching about the very thing that he did. Yeah, who did you think was going to read The Watchman, Alan Moore?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, so I there's a part of what he's saying that I think is true, but but I don't think he means to say it, Or, or at least like. He's conflating things that are not important. Like, obviously, I don't think that this level of evangelization can be can very often be a precursor to fact. I think that's just not correct. I think that's stupid. Unless. Unless. uh, What he's talking, because here's the thing that I uh, suspect. So I don't think really because they're going to go into like some books he wrote and know how he's been like involved with comics and he's like come and gone like we all know him for giving us the Watchmen, and like the killing joke right and they're great books they're not really for kids um and then i think that like he actually expressed remorse for having made the Watchmen because after he made the Watchmen then all of the writers wanted to do their own version of the Watchmen, like where they take a character and they deconstruct it and flip it. And then they add a bunch of violence and language. And um, I think that he was just kind of like, well, this was just supposed to be a one-off and now everyone's doing it. And so, because Alan Moore is kind of a hipster douchebag, he's like, Well, I can't I can't do the same thing everyone else is doing. So now I'm going to do something really different. And he created a comic book called Tom Strong, which was basically a throwback to the very like golden age. You know, everybody's optimistic kind of adventure story superhero books. And um, they were I didn't read them, but I, I heard they were fantastic. And so, you know, then there was a period of that. And then he, I think he walked away again and took another big break. Um, so, uh, you know, how he feel, and he even like did an appearance on The Simpsons where he was like, there was like, a, it was like him and someone else, I don't remember. And they both talked about, like they, they were basically reminiscing on, you know, um, the old superhero stories where, where, you know, you had like, was very formulaic but it was intended to be aimed at children so there's a there's a problem and then the superhero says this looks like a job for me and then they go and try to solve the problem because that's what kids like and so uh he says there was another bit here that i thought was kind of interesting i think he's right uh the legendary watchman and batman the killing joke scribe reaffirmed his disdain for the comic book industry's current direction during a recent interview given the Guardian in promotion of the upcoming publication of his first short story collection nations. Speaking to one of the stories included therein, what can we know about Thunderman? Moore described it as a good riddance to the industry before turning to assure the Guardian Sam Leith, I'm definitely done with comics. I haven't written one for getting on for five years, he added. I will always love and adore the comics medium, but the comics industry and all of the stuff attached to it just became unbearable. So I agree with that. The comics industry and all the people involved have become, well, he says the stuff attached to it. I don't know what that means unless he's talking about the politics, because that's the only thing that seems to continuously come up over and over and that it's become unbearable. Okay. Um, To this end, More explained that he took particular issue with how the demographic of the entire medium had shifted from young boys to grown adults. And he as he found it odd that, quote, hundreds of thousands of adults are lining up to see characters and situations that had been created to entertain the 12 year old boys. And it was always boys of 50 years ago. So.
1: Uh, this... it's, it's crazy. It's like he doesn't conceptualize the fact people can grow up like they age. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes when these people age, they still have a certain fondness for the things they enjoyed in their childhood. Yeah. Especially, you know, like, I'm just, I'm just imagining it like, you know, if you were a fan of comic books in the 90s growing up, like, like I did, like I'm sure a lot of people listening did, it was, you know, it was it was a thing back then, but it wasn't huge. You know, Comic Con was still just like, you know, a, bu- a bunch of neckbeards selling comics and wearing grossly misfitting X Men costumes. Yeah, it wasn't this multi million dollar spectacle that talks about everything no. but comics.
0: No, it wasn't like um, this, this this cultural, you know, con uh, like a it's like a cultural monolith. Like it's so big, right? And it results in games and movies, TV shows.
1: Yeah. So, but, but it, it was it was still, it was small back then. I know you, you had like things. You had like Saturday morning cartoons. You had like the animated Batman, the animated Superman. Yeah. And they were, you know, it was it was it was mainstream enough to be like, you know, if you had a little lunchbox Batman on it, you know, you didn't get made fun of because Batman had sort of permeated the culture at that point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, every now and then a superhero movie would pop up and they were never huge. I mean, they would do numbers. They'd put them out as like summer blockbusters, but they weren't trying to set up this, you know, multi trillion dollar MC universe that they have now. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was mostly like, Oh, it's still just this cute little kitschy thing that is kind of punctured its way into pop culture. But, you know, it's, it's still just kind of a thing that not, not everyone enjoys. It's still, Still a little bit of a, dare I say, nerdy thing. Yeah, a little bit. And then, uh, boom, you've got the, the, the absolute explosion in the 2000s. And so I can't blame anyone who was, you know, a fan of this in their, their younger years going, well, shit, I want to check this out now. It's, it's the coolest thing now. It's, they're, they're doing all these things from my childhood. Why, why would someone not want to at least explore that?
0: No, I don't disagree. I mean, I think that uh, the the enthusiasm of uh, an adult that grew up reading comics, you can't really. What are you gonna do? Like, you can't get rid of that. Like that, you know. If they still, if they still have a part of them that's still that nine-year-old boy that read those comics, um, that's not likely going away. But I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with uh, adults reading comic books what, but there, but I think that there is something that uh, I am a little concerned with that I've been sort of talking about off and on, which is that I believe that if you're going to continue to be involved in, like, like he said, you know, it was created to entertain boys and it was always boys and you know in in comics cuz it it's it existed to um you know uh sort of spark their imagination and their and their interest in wonder from the worlds that comic books can can give you now most of them yeah i mean people think of superheroes but it's not exclusively that like there could be fantasy stories i used to read conan books you know for example and but they were aimed at boys that were looking for something that uh essentially titillated their interest and um uh i i think that where things can become a problem if some of these boys not even boys only also women can like get involved in the hobby as adults my concern is is that they often try to um, move the needle on the culture of comics. And they do it because they are adults that still want to be treated like they're children. And so what I think this is the problem within the comic book industry, there's a lot of content that isn't made for boys. And I think that an adult male can totally enjoy that stuff as long as he leaves it as it is. And that's, and I think that most adult males that read comics probably are fine with doing that. Even if that means that they're reading books that are like, you know, maybe the dialogue isn't as sophisticated. Maybe the plots aren't as, you know, full of as many twists and turns because it's written for, you know, young men uh, and boys. But the boys love it. So it's like if I took my nephew to a comic book shop and I said, you know, why don't you get a book and we'll 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 both get books and read them. I would go with him. I would buy the books, give them to him. And then when we sit down and read them, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, this doesn't have enough mature themes in it. I'm going to enjoy what's there because it's not really for me. I'm participating. But I also know I'm not the target audience. And so I, I don't know if this is what Alan Moore is saying. Because I mean, because he might just oh, be like...
1: Oh, oh keep, keep reading. It, it gets weird.
0: Yeah. But, but I will say that I think that it's true that there are uh, grown-ass children running the industry that have narcissistic personality traits that think that all stories need to be about them in some way. And they completely miss what comics are for, which is for boys. And I think that they need to re well, people need to get fired, but what they need to do is they need to put writers and artists into the industry that are going to write stories for boys, not, not for adult fans. Um, or not even really fans that want to essentially feel like this is still for them. And I know that like, I don't know if you guys get it, but what I'm saying is, is that like you can get to a point where you're like, Oh, uh, you know, this piece of media is not for me because it's aimed at a younger audience, but I can take something from it and I'm not going to complain and I'm not going to insist that it be changed to suit me. And I think that that is, kind of what is going on within the comic book industry. That's, that's my suspicion. Uh, okay. So I, did I read that? Yeah. I didn't really think that superheroes were adult fare continued from the hell, the continued the from hell creator. I think this was a misunderstanding born of what happened in the 1980s, which I must put my hand up at, to consider a, to a considerable share of the blame, though it was not intentional when things like Watchmen were first appearing. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he's he's admitted that a number of times you know, where he um, basically was like, well, I wish I had never made the Watchmen sometimes. Uh, there were an awful lot of headlines saying comics have grown up, he recalled. I ten- see. That's the thing. I tend to think that, no, comics hadn't grown up. There were a few titles that were more adult than people were used to, but the majority of comics titles were pretty much the same as they'd ever been. It wasn't comics growing up, opined Moore. I think it was more comics meeting the emotional age of the audience coming the other way. The Cannibalization of Modern Culture by Superhero Fair was particularly worrying to Moore as he believed the widespread fanaticism towards characters and stories intended for children was served as the perfect primer for the acceptance of general fascism all right this is probably where we're going to
1: And yeah that completely lost me
0: i said around about 2011 that i thought it had serious and worrying implications for the future, if millions of adults were queuing up to see Batman movies, they more because that kind of infantilization, that urge towards simpler times, simpler realities that can very often be a, be a precursor to fascism. Yeah, because Batman. that's a really interesting
1: a statement right yeah. there.
0: Yeah. Well, why just is the, that
1: I, I'm just I'm reading into that and maybe I'm reading into it a little too much but the urge towards simpler times, simpler realities, which is something that I'm find myself pining for these days more and more as we keep spiraling into this hell world that we've created around us. Hmm? Is it really that bad to just, you know, I keep hearing people say, you know, man, that we really didn't realize how good we had it in the 90s. And I mean, I think to some aspect that's true. Yeah, but I I, I don't see how like wanting a simpler time, a simpler reality can lead to fascism. Mm. Like I I hear a lot of people, a a lot of people like especially in our community. You you know, you say, hey, I give you a million dollars. What would you do with it? And they'd say "Um, plot a land in Montana, build a house, raise some chickens, Mm -hmm. live there for the rest of my life. And, and that's, that's the urge I feel a lot of people are wanting to move towards these days, especially with how hellacious some of these big cities are getting. I mean, hell, you flew the coop. You got out of the, probably one of the worst spots in America. Yep. I'm hoping to do the same for myself here in the coming years, if not months. Yep. And it's like, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, how, how is that fascist? I just want to be well, left the hell alone.
0: Alan Moore is a communist, so that means that everything is fascist to him. Um, that's all. I mean, that's, that, you know. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a commie, and um, as far as I know, because, uh, well, he, he's talked about it. and, um, But, like, even setting that aside, uh, I think that he's always worried. About fascism but i don't know why and it's funny because it's kind of a childish way to see the world so full circle well he's basically talking about how childish people who still like superhero comics are and look it my uh, just to like clarify my thing is not that if you like comics or superheroes or whatever it means that you're a child uh, I don't I don't even think that's what he's saying either. I think that he's He's either being represented in an overly simplistic way or he's being simplistic. But. Because there's a reason why people like stories of heroism, whether they're superheroes or not superheroes, it doesn't matter. Especially men, you know, they, they like to see that because it's inspiring. And um it can take any number of forms. It doesn't have to be like guys in costumes, But but maybe for a lot of people, it is because that's what they grew up with. It's like how people get, get really attached to He-Man. And so, you know, if they fuck up a He-Man movie or show or something, you know, they get upset by that. And I was never really a big He-Man guy because I thought it was a little silly and it was kind of obvious that it was Conan the Barbarian, but they didn't have the rights. But nonetheless, like I... Re- I had nothing but respect for people who did like it. It didn't really, you know, bother me. And I had my own little hangups. So, but I think what it is, is people want to see uh, other people. And if they're, if they're kind of iconic, uh, they want to see them doing the right thing. And so that's what I think that most people's, especially men's, attraction to heroes is but i also think that when it comes to boys we should give them some room you know like here's another thing i thought i'd bring up i don't know i don't have any kids but if anybody who's watching has kids or knows someone who has kids or you maybe you have nephews uh that are younger what toy are they really into right now like what's the toy because Maybe it's because I'm a product of the eighties. But when I was a kid, you know, the, the most awesome toys were the He-Man's, the GI Joe's, and the Transformers. You know, those kinds of things. Um, and like, I wanted them, you know, and they, and, they, and they were constantly producing more toys, like for different franchises and stuff, and like making whole cartoon series that were effectively just ads for the toys. Yep. Um, But, like... you and, and maybe people will argue that that's not good. Like, that that's, like, you know, capitalism run amok or whatever. But, um... uh, No, I had love for GoBots. I, I did because that came out before Transformers. And they were, like, two bucks at this, like, Asian store. They weren't real. They were knockoffs. But they basically looked the same. Um, so, you know, when... But I had that when I was a kid. So, what do nine-year-old boys have now do they have like any world that they can escape into i mean like people who are born a little like in the late 80s for example like my wife uh she's a little younger than me she had uh the ninja turtles and like because she was kind of a tomboy so she didn't really play with girl toys um and the ninja turtles you know that was her childhood and so when, when I got a little older, uh, I didn't... I mean, I, I knew about the Ninja Turtles, but I didn't get really into it because I was getting into, like, high school shit, you know? So I just wondered, like, what do kids have now? Because I, I think that, like, I'm worried about childhood. I'm worried about what children are doing with their time. And I know that a lot of them just play video games. And I guess that 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 makes sense because that's, like, the thing that's constantly evolving and improving so they probably just play Fortnite and minecraft and like what's the one with the yellow guys and they're like oh you know uh you know what i'm talking about uh it's um roblox
1: yeah it's roblox is that the one where they're they're all shaped like that one kanye music video
0: yeah 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 that's it yeah that's the the roblox um so, you know, and that's, I guess that's what kids are into now. So I'm, I have no idea. Anyhow, that that those were my thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he goes into should I keep reading this?
1: this uh, it's almost there, there's one last thing, and I I want to comment on it. All right. So, yeah, just it's like one one small little paragraph. And then it's uh,
0: over. in support of the argument, Moore noted that when we ourselves took a bit of a strange detour in our politics, with the 2016 election of Donald Trump, is that why he left like the public eye? Like Trump got elected and he was like, "Oh my god. Fascism has returned even though I live in the UK." Um most of the major films at the time were ones based on superheroes such as Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Deadpool and Captain America Civil War. Captain America Civil War is fucking great. Um closing out his thoughts on the topic of comic books. Moore was asked by Leith how he felt about that Guy Fox mask used by the titular protagonist of V for Vendetta, to which the bearded writer replied, I can't endorse anything that people who take that mask as an icon might do in the future, of course, but I'm heartened to see that it has been adopted by protest movements so widely across the world. Because we do need protest movements now, he concluded, Probably more than we've ever done before. Alan Moore's
1: illuminations hit. More than more than the, the civil rights era, Brian. Yeah. More than than Jim Crow. More than protesting the Vietnam draft. We, right now is why we really need the most protests. Of course. Right? That's just that that obviously.
0: Hmm? Well, that's not at all delusional but I did I did want to say a few things about that uh, I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily agree with Moore I think that he's just shitting on people who like comic books and um but I do believe that
1: we have to like he, he, he gets halfway to it but I'm still certain he's wrong
0: yeah, yeah. um So yeah, I'm just saying let boys have things. Don't take it from them. So and let them enjoy it. And if you can, enjoy it with them. All right.
1: So now we're gonna believe we got some we got some chats and chows that are coming. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I better read those. Uh super chats. I'll read them first and then maybe you can read the super chows for me. Sure. Uh okay. So Albert Nader retro gives us $5 Canadian and says Spider-Man dark symmetry was better than Watchmen. I hated Watchmen. The comic and the movie, except for Rorschach uh, sucked and Moore is overrated. Well, I don't, you know what? I'm sure that there are people who would disagree with that, Uh, but fair enough. Thank you for the super chat. And I don't know what Spider-Man dark symmetry is. So, uh, Albert Nader Retro gives us $2 Canadian and says, my nephew likes trucks and dinosaurs. I mean, Good that's, on him. that's dope. But I mean, is there like that? See, there's a perfect opportunity there to come up with some kind of like toy that is both a dinosaur and a truck. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Trucosauruses? And, and I mean, kids would, man, boys would eat that shit up. And then you have like different kinds and they turn into different. Maybe they don't turn they into anything,
1: but yeah, they race and oh. then they fight mid race and then they turn back and continue racing.
0: Yeah, exactly. You got it. Um, some people are saying that's already a thing. Well, there you go. I don't know.
1: All right. So what super chows do we have? So from Zerinx twenty twenty two She Hulk aficionado Brian, I cannot stand your willingness to endure material lacking mature things to appease your nephew's enjoyment. Simp.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, just trying to just trying to make a little room for my for my nephew, my nephew's, uh,
1: and is that all? That, that was the one, and uh, I right. marked it off. I can't, I can't say anything in that channel, but I, oh, I marked it off.
0: Okay, all right. I'll. I'll and we
1: got we got one 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 real quick one by the way from uh, Albert Nader Retro. Craven's Last Hunts. I don't
0: two dollars. Not
1: familiar it's a, with that. It's a, uh,
0: It it was a comic book, um, issue kind of like a legendary one in Marvel mm. because it's one of the. So basically, Craven the Hunter. Was like one of the a Spider-Man villain from his Oh, Rogue's he was Gallery. a
1: Spider-Man Rogues Gallery. Yeah,
0: and he wanted to like capture the Spider-Man. Like you know that his whole thing was that he was like this world-renowned hunter, and you know he wanted to prove that he could. Essentially, Spider-Man became the most dangerous game, and uh, he became a recurring villain, and you know for a long time one of the better-known ones. But in Craven's Last Hunt, he ended up. Uh, well, it, it takes a really dark turn. That's all I will say. But it is a good one. It is a good story. Um, there was probably like nothing left for Marvel to do with the character. That's all I will say, because he wasn't a thief. He wasn't a criminal. Right. So
1: just a um, half naked guy.
0: Yeah, just a half naked jungle hunter guy that was looking for, uh, you know, the, his greatest challenge. He was like Scaramanga from James Bond. Um, Amasang gives us $2 and says, can we get Ben Shapiro for some micro machines ads?
1: <laughs> oh no. Why, why, why not?
0: Why? I mean, I would like that, but I, you know, I don't see it happening. Maybe we can get Brett Cooper instead. He can he can, he can he can
1: eat you know, and, and the best part is we could have Ben Shapiro driving the car.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of funny. He could probably do that. All right, so let us move on to the next story. Uh, you might find this one fascinating. You play a lot of video games? Well, you might be increasing your risk of heart problems. Uh, according to a study, video games could trigger deadly heart problems in children. Um, it's, it's the multiplayer war games that are the most triggering. Video games may seem like a sedentary sedentary activity, but the adrenaline rush they give can trigger deadly heart rhythms in susceptible children, a landmark new study has found. Games can cause an uncommon but distinct pattern of arrhythmic heartbeats, which has even caused death in some kids with cardiac issues, a report published in Heart Rhythm found. Video games may represent a serious risk to some children with arrhythmic conditions. They might be lethal in patients with predisposing, but often previously unrecognized, arrhythmic conditions, head researcher Claire Lawley, MBBS PhD, said in a press release.
1: We're bringing out all the weasel words, aren't we?
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: May represent, (laughs) might be lethal, often previously. It yeah. just it it could maybe on a Sunday it, it, only in uh, only in June uh, at seven p.m. could in some cases experts say. <sighs> mm. uh, wow. it's,
0: it's interesting that we went from video games caused delinquency in children to video games can cause children to commit mass shootings, to video games can cause children, boys, to want to rape and harm women, uh, to video games can cause heart attacks.
1: Uh, I'm not (laughs) sure if it's funny at all that we went there. I think this is orchestrated brian i mean (laughs) i I, I don't know if you've heard but some people are mentioning that a certain other thing may be causing heart related issues in young boys and men and well i'm sure it's nothing anyway let's keep going
0: Mm, yeah you're probably right i don't want to overthink it um let's just do as we're told and accept the science
1: Uh, That everything causes heart attacks now. (laughs) Yeah, everything causes
0: heart
1: attacks. I I remember, oh god, one of my favorite articles from from this year was like, um, higher energy prices are going to be causing heart attacks. And the whole logic behind this was people are going to get their bill and they're going to see how much it's gone up, and they're going to, boom, heart attack right there. Just Mm -hmm. shocked at the price.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um... When are we going to find out that playing video games causes climate change? Or that I think, you know what? They could probably make the case for that.
1: Oh, they, they easily could. Yeah. These these big hype. I mean, what was the thing they, they were trying to? Uh, I think it was here in California. They were trying to ban pre-made uh, gaming computers because they use too much electricity or something like that.
0: <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that.
1: Well, I'm going to have to look that up real quick. Make sure that was a fever thing. dream.
0: Um, all right, so researchers found that many of the children who suffered heart issues were playing multiplayer war games on both console and PC, though they did not specify what games. Yeah, because that, that's the most important detail. They also said that patients entered excited states and grew ill after fighting with their fellow players. The experts warned that children will experience blackouts while gaming should Children who experience blackouts while gaming should be taken to a heart specialist, as losing consciousness could be a telling sign of an undiagnosed heart problem. And then we have like this uh, graph or something with a boy playing video games, looking really anxious, like his heart is exploding. Um... The new research suggests that video gaming may not be as safe of an alternative to contact sports as previously touted. Well, you know, if kids want to go back outside and play, like, football, I'm, I'm not against that. I think that they should do that. Some- um, the adrenaline rush from physical activity and heightened emotions, such as gaming, can lead to blackouts, palpitations, and dizziness. Cat? Oh, I'm not going to be able. to. Um, So something called CPVT and congenital long QT syndrome types one and two were found to be the most common underlying issues with the majority of diagnoses being genetic. In some cases, a child's video game induced blackout led to others in his family being checked out and diagnosed with a genetic heart condition. So. They. So the child. Wait, in some cases. A child's video game induced blackout led to others in his family being checked. So these are not people playing video games and they found and diagnosed them with a genetic heart condition. They're calling it genetic, but yeah, I mean, while the the possibly deadly, deadly reactions to video gaming are not a common occurrence, they should be taken very seriously and have some reconsidering video gaming as a safe alternative to contact sports. We already know that some children have heart conditions that can put them at risk when playing competitive sports, but we were shocked to discover that some patients were having life-threatening blackouts during video gaming, researcher Christian Turner, MBBS said.
1: Now, now I've I've seen a lot of weird things happening while while people play video games. Uh, especially if you like some of the uh, more, shall we say, uh, animated streamer personalities like Tyler1. He'd,
0: uh, he'd yeah. do some
1: funny things. But uh, I've never seen anyone black out while playing <laughs> a video game. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, ca- caveat, caveat. I've never seen anyone black out that did not involve prodigious amounts of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And, and so, again, I, I, I don't think you can blame the video game in this case. I think you, you blame the underlying genetic condition. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's not as interesting as video game cause heart attack.
0: Well, I'll, I'll, you know what? It's not
1: really video of, of <laughs> we all, not, we all yeah. know that brian
0: and well yeah it's not it's not video game. like they they want us to think it because they presume that boomer parents aren't even going to look into it oh like like if their kids start having problems then there will already be an explanation that's out there oh looks like your does your kid play video games like literally who's gonna say no to that almost all kids play video games even if they don't have one at home and they play at their friend's house
1: yeah. or something. That that was one um, of the things I always, I always enjoyed hitting back at people with when they're like, Oh, the video games are going to turn you into a murderer. Oh my God. Murder simulator, teaching children how to slaughter. And it's like, okay, do you know, you are aware that video games are the largest consumed piece of entertainment on earth right now, bigger than, Anything bigger than any book ever sold, bigger than the movies, bigger than bigger than anything. Period. TV show, uh, any yep. other forms of entertainment—they're bigger. Yep. And they're it's- consumed by like well, something crazy, like seventy percent of the population. So if video games were going to p- turn people into killers, uh, we would run out of people to kill within a day.
0: Hmm. Uh, Hothead Studio says is mobile gaming included in the study. Well, I don't know. Better not be. I doubt it because I think it well, would throw off the numbers too much.
1: Well, the other thing too is like the 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 main thing they're targeting is they're they're saying the the adrenaline rush from playing a game. I mean, I, I've I've definitely like had my heart rate increase. Say if I'm like playing like a horror game or something like that, sure. or really getting into like a competitive like first person shooter or something like that. I've never been just on the edge of my seat, heart palpitations, breathing heavily while playing Angry Birds.
0: Yeah. Well, I, whatever what whatever people are playing on mobile right now.
1: Genshin Impact or it's Candy most, Crush.
0: Uh yeah, it's mostly like puzzles and stuff, right? Um. But yeah, so that's kind of That's the story, I guess. And uh you know, just uh, be careful when you're playing Fortnite. You could have if you start feeling like a little your heart skip a beat. Then it's probably the video game. Yeah. If you to,
1: if you if you black out, you. if you black out while playing a video game, please see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm I'm cool with that message. I'm fine with that. See a doctor if you black out while playing video games.
0: There you go. All right, so let us know what you guys think about this in the comments. Um, Do we have any more Super Chows or anything?
1: Uh, I did not see any. I will double check. No, we're good. Okay, I'm going to move on. We we have a I'm being told we have a rumble rant.
0: Oh, oh, uh, let me take a look. Yes, uh, Blade Kaiser. Thank you. Gives us $10 and says usually watch on the weekends. Just wanted to pop in and say, Brian, Becca is an awesome character. Oh, Becca is. She is Jackie to David's V.
1: Ah, Rebecca also, from uh, Cyberpunk.
0: Also, Shadowrun, Wen, Trigger and CD Red. Um. OK, uh, who's Rebecca?
1: She's from- she's the. Um,
0: oh, oh, the little uh, the she's little the Lollycon the,
1: the, character, the, the lowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: the Lolicon from the anime. I mean, look, if you like her, that's fine, but I, I'm i not, like, to be honest, I'm not seeing anything in that character that um, I hadn't seen in every other Lolicon ever. So, and they're always written the same way for some reason. So I guess my thing is, is that it. if you're into it, that's fine. That's your choice, but it just seems like it's just a gigantic stereotype. And to me, it's just not that interesting. The anime character, yeah. Well, they're all anime. They're all anime. She's not even a loli either. Well, I think that she's supposed to be reminiscent of that. I mean, yeah, she's got a body like an adult, but she's also really, really short. And she's got a big head and she yells all the time. And of course, she uses gigantic guns because that's totally not what everyone would expect, even though it's clearly obviously what everyone would expect. Um, but I'm, I'm not just going to bash on the character. Like I overall enjoyed the anime, um, but it, it, it just felt too anime. I, I, cyberpunk as a genre, it's not that anime. It's more ghosts in the shell. It's more alita battle angel if you're going to compare it to an anime um it's more dominion tank police or um uh standalone complex you know it, it's grounded and and the way that they did the action and animation and that because of the nature of the studio uh forget the name of the studio that did it but like Trigger, yeah. Their their whole thing is that they're extremely extremely over the top, and it works for whatever you know, like if you're doing a show like that. But it doesn't really work, in my opinion, for the cyberpunk genre because that's a little bit more. It's more grounded. So that's my opinion. Uh, thank you for the for the rum, Rumble Rant. Uh, Shadowrun when. I'm not really sure what to say about that, but maybe I don't think that CD Projekt Red will do that, but maybe someone else will. I know that there have been good Shadowrun games, like even going back to like the Sega Genesis and maybe even before, like on PC or something. Um, And they're supposedly really good. So, you know, you could just try and find those classics if that's what you're asking. All right. Anyway, let us move on to the next story. This one is one of the ones you sent me. Um, More layoffs coming on Tuesday at Warner Brothers Discovery. This was uh, the day before yesterday, but I hear that they're gonna like can some people today. Sources say Channing Doongni's Warner Brothers TV group will be among those impacted. So what stood out for you from this?
1: Um, mostly that, uh, well, yeah, I started reading like, um, cause you, you think, you know, Warner brothers, oh, they're, they're going to lay off some people at WB. Well, yeah, I guess their shows aren't doing that hot. You know, it makes sense. But then I read more and it's the Warner brothers television group and they own a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like DC comics, cartoon network and adult swim. Hmm. They got their their fingers in a lot of pies, so this this layoff is is if it's as big as they're saying, um, they're trying to cut costs. I think up to thirty mm-hmm. percent. That's gonna be a slaughterhouse, mm. and it's like this continued trend of like nobody likes what you're pumping out, and and that we've we were all wondering maybe say two, three, four, five, six years ago when we keep seeing these more progressively woke and woker and woker and woker uh, entertainment things coming out. Yeah. And you're, you're just sitting there going like, how can this make money? Who wants to watch this? Mm-hmm. And I think these chickens are finally coming home to roost.
0: Yeah. Well, definitely on the wokeness front, but not exclusively because I sometimes I think, like, do streaming services just bombard their like, you know, uh, their feed with just like shows about anything, because if, if like personally I'm going to be drawn to content that suits my, you know, taste obviously. And that'll probably be like action and maybe stuff that's based on, you know, a property that I am familiar with or a book or something. Right. But there's also tons of shows that are not that. They're just like soaps and or not like soaps, but they're I guess we would have called them like primetime dramas, or they would have been like cop shows that are clearly made for women, you know, like these kind of what do you call it? Um you know, NCIS slash uh, like you know what I'm talking about? Options, yeah dude. basically like yeah i, I guess shows for women um or or com- or sitcoms that like they they just put out tons of things and i wonder like do people even have time to like watch all this shit because i don't think they do i think that they end up like falling and maybe they buy or or pay for a service because they see how much content there is but then once they have it they only pick like a couple of shows and they just watch those and they don't really like, you know, all of the access doesn't really bring them a lot of value because they don't they're not interested.
1: Um, well, wow, NCIS you know. has been going for almost 20 years.
0: Well, I don't I'm I'm, I'm not specifically talking about NCIS. I just I, I know. NC, I know. not just a show type like of that. Show that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. The- I know. And they just they, they seem to. I guess someone's always watching.
1: and it has. And it has no less than four spinoffs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, so, but, but I do, I do wonder if it isn't partly an oversaturation of the market because like, um, there's just so many shows and then like a bunch of them don't get watched. And then they, and, and Warner brothers in particular, they do this weird thing where, you know they own a property and they make like three or four different versions of the same property. So I will mm-hmm. I will give you an example: Scooby Doo. So we got like a. You could still watch the old Scooby Doo. So you know Scooby Doo, where are you from the nineteen seventies? You can watch that. You can watch. Uh, I think they tried to remake it like in the eighties or nineties, where the the gang was younger, so they were like littler kids and. um you know, Scooby was a puppy and then they, and they, you can watch that. Then there was the Scooby-Doo show where um, it's more like a, just sort of a modernized version of it where the the episodes are newer, but it's still aimed at kids. And then you got like the kind of weirdly out of place Scooby-Doo's of which they have two, two shows that I know of. One is the one where Velma comes out as gay because we all needed to know that. And then the other one is the one where Velma is an Indian woman played by maybe yeah. Kai Ling and the the, you know, Shaggy is black for some reason and everyone's pretending like there's nothing weird going on. And um And Scooby Doo is not even there. Well, he okay, so it was revealed that he is.
1: Oh, he is.
0: Yes, but he's going to be a rat terrier. So he's no, he's not going to be the great Dane that he was, because one of the things that was really funny about the original was the fact that the largest animal amongst the group was also the most cowardly.
1: Yes. (laughs) You know, Uh, a great Dane should be able to fuck you up.
0: Yeah. But Scooby-Doo is scary or he's afraid of everything. So it's, that's the, that's the joke guys. That's the joke. (laughs) The, The joke is he's not, like what people expect from a great dane and sure there are you know um great danes that are would you call it um they're sketchy so but yeah so they they gave us at least what what did i describe like four or six different scooby-doo shoes shows that are all running at the same time but like and and who's gonna watch all of that I don't think people are going to watch all of that, so I think that they might be spreading themselves way too thin. It's like doing a million uh, variations on one product, and I, I don't think that that's wise. But I think that's what's happening, and um, in a I think in a number of ways, it is going to cost them money. And that's only like I'm just talking about that cartoon show. I don't know what else, you know, they're they got going on, but. I think that somebody's going to have to go in there and trim the fat. And I'm afraid that uh is it the Belma show uh where it's Mindy Kaling? I think that I don't think that thing is is meant for much time. I don't think it's going to do that well. No one wants to watch that.
1: Yeah, in a so, perfect world.
0: Yeah, in a perfect world. But that's my that's my guess. Um and, you know, Warner, they they still they own a lot of properties. So what I think is very important is that they focus in on a few that they know are going to make money. It doesn't I don't have to like them. You know, like if the if the Arrowverse is still successful, then go for it. You know, it's not my bag of not my bag of donuts, but, um, you know, go for it. And, uh, yeah, like just, and give us the Venture Brothers. Was that Warner
1: Brothers? And, like, uh got Well, it was Adult Swim, so by proxy it has to be.
0: Yeah, I think so. So they own Adult Swim, right, yeah. Um,
1: I think I lo- the Venture Brothers it got stuck in a creator versus company diff sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, I I, I think it, I think There was a money dispute going on because Cartoon Network's money people, which I guess is this Warner Brothers conglomerate sort of thing. They've got this really bad habit of like getting absolutely stellar properties with amazingly good uh, content creators Mm. at the helm. And then going like, "Wow, your show is doing so great! Good job! Keep up the good work!" Also, we are not paying you any more than we started out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I remember like this was the chief thing, and these guys are still sort of pissed off about this to this day, and rightfully so. Uh, the yeah. creators of a little show called Magus XLR, Magus XLR. I feel like
0: I've which heard which
1: was, that. yeah, it was it was a giant robot, but it was. It was a giant robot, but it was also really, really funny because, like, the protagonist was the exact opposite of what you would picture a, uh, a giant robot cartoon character to be like. Yeah. It's literally a guy that found it in a junkyard a- and paid five bucks for it and, and souped oh, it up. Oh,
0: I know. I think I know the show. Is he, like, a fat blonde guy? Like, um...
1: Yeah, uh, his name's Coop.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I I haven't seen the show, but I'm familiar with that
1: character. It's it's a it, dude. It's a great time, man. If you, yeah. I I think they only they only did like two or three seasons. But if you can find them, it you you'll love them. You and Lindsay will love the crap out of them. All
0: right. Well, well I'll look into it. I don't have HBO Max. Um, it's it's not on. Sure, it's not going
1: to be on HBO Max.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: These were um, these were like this was this was years and years and years ago. But mm-hmm. he was talking, the, 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 the creators of the show were talking about, like, yeah, no, like, we, we, we saw the ratings we were getting, and we were like, hey, Cartoon Network, can we get some more money? Mm-hmm. And they were like, mm, no, we don't think so. You got to make these ratings for us to give you any more money. And then they moved the slot of the show. Mm-hmm. They moved it to a time where it was a much, much less traffic show. And because of that move, the ratings went down, and they used that as an excuse to say, oh, see, your ratings went down, so there's no way in hell we're giving you more money now. So
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Shut up and get back in your place. And um, again, I don't recall if that's the exact thing that happened with, um, with Venture Brothers, but I do know there, there was a, 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 bit a, a bit of a hang-up there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let us know what you guys think about this one in the... Wow, well, how did I make that? Uh, let us know what you guys think about this one in the comments. And, uh, you know, the, the big layoffs. Like, do you think that maybe streaming services are... And maybe I'm wrong, but it, maybe it depends on the service, too. But um, do you guys think that maybe some streaming services like overly bombard us with content that most people are going to ignore because they're only going to pick a couple things that they like and probably just watch those things. And I wonder if they're, they need to like work out a new model. Maybe. I mean, right now they all look very similar. Uh, I can't say for sure if they are, but like I'm, I'm, I'm on a trial for netflix right now uh because my wife wanted to watch something and it was the only way we could get it and and i'm also uh, uh amazon prime member because i do a lot of ordering on amazon and they give you like a free membership not free but you know as part of your amazon plus uh you know you get access so, because I have that, it, it's so
1: it's it's so funny. Like when I when I signed up for Amazon Prime, because we had a lot of stuff we were ordering, and yeah. um, and we were going to do it all at once. It's like, okay, the Prime membership makes sense. Let's yeah. do it for you just save, this month. You save a lot and, of money on
0: that for, on your yeah. For
1: the sh- the shipping alone, we saved over a yeah. hundred dollars. Yeah, and um, and and we 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 got that all through, and it came all super fast. And then I was really like not shocked but i was like what's this we got a letter from amazon And first i thought is this like a scam or something then i opened it up and it was this reminder from amazon going like hey amazon here we just uh we just wanted to point out that you know you got prime and you haven't activated like the video part of that like you could you could be watching the rings of power right now (laughs) oh
0: boy those fucking bastards They they want you to watch the Rings of Power. (laughs) Those fucking bastards. Um, did you watch it?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I even set it up yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's unset up. There is there is a good amount on Prime. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Like it seemed like when I'm on Netflix and I'm just sort of looking around, you know. Uh, because our membership trial is going to run out in like a couple of weeks, but I'm on, I'm on Netflix and I'm just kind of looking and it's either all like foreign language shit, which I'm like, why would I watch this? Or it's just, you know, it's just not good. Like, I, you know, if you, it, it, it's, it's October, I should be watching spooky content right now. Oh, not right now, but you know, that's what I'm trying to get my wife to see. I want, I'm like, let's watch some some spoopy stuff on on streaming see what's out there and if i like i search for um you know some of the classics they don't ever have them like they don't have halloween they don't have uh you know any of the friday the 13th movies which we don't really need to watch because i own most of those on DVD. um you know a lot of the classic stuff right like let's oh you know uh let's watch the wolfman i don't know but um, you can't get any of those things. And but what they have instead are like remakes or, you know, whatever of that. Like they I can't remember the name of the movie I was I was trying to find, but they didn't have the original version they had. Oh, it was the thing. And it was like they didn't have the thing. They had the thing remake from 2011, which no, like I don't want her to see that because it's probably not as good. Um, they have the remake of, uh, you know, a lot of this like garbage and and Fright Night. They only had the remake. Now the remake of Fright Night's not bad, but, but the original Fright Night should have been available. Do you
1: think, do you think this is intentional?
0: Well, yeah, because they, I would, I would guess so because they will, like, if you search a film, it comes up on like the, um you know, like the autofill thing. So if you start typing mm-hmm. alien, it'll, it'll show up alien when you get like three letters in. And if you click on it, none of the videos that Netflix recommends will actually be alien. There'll be other movies, knockoffs, or movies that were, you know, intended to be similar. But they're, they're not movies you ever heard of. You know, it's like Alien Invader, you know, or something like that. So, and I'm like, no, we're not watching that. But um, on Amazon, they seem to have a lot more access. Now, sometimes you have to pay for a rental, but um, that's okay if the movie is really good. So I I, and I just I'll I'll leave it at this. Okay, I I was telling my wife, I said, okay, I'm going to rent for like three bucks. I'm going to rent Dust Till Dawn and we're going to watch that. And she didn't know what it was. She had never seen it before. And she didn't even want me to rent it because I paid for it. It was like three bucks. Right. And she mm-hmm. goes, you paid to rent that? No. Like, and I'm like, no, no, no. Trust me. We're going to watch this movie because I know you've never seen it. And we watched Dust Till Dawn. And she at first wasn't interested. Like she was trying to act like she didn't want to see it. Um, and of course, if you've seen Dust Till Dawn, uh, you'll know that it starts off one way, like a Tarantino movie. Yep. And then, you know, right. Uh, vampires. Uh, right. Yeah. Suddenly there's vampires and we're watching it. And then the vampires come out <laughs> and she is like, what is this film? Like, she's like, totally like, um, you know, just dri- like, she's just like, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Yep. You know? And I was like, yes. Vintage
1: Terrence, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, Robert Rodriguez is responsible for the other half, I think. But, but yeah, and uh, I don't know how she fe- felt about it. I mean, I know while it was going on, she was like, what the fuck? But um, I don't know. I have to talk to her today when I go pick her up. Uh, but yes, we, we watched Just Till Dawn, and I don't think she regretted it. Oh and the and the yeah, nice. foot the foot crap was oh so annoying. Oh my god. Yeah. Like Tar- Tarantino was on like Joe Rogan not long ago and he was complaining about how 80s movies were too politically correct. 80s movies? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah, he said that. And I think it's because he might have a different idea of what politically uh correct content is because I mean, you know, he likes to do foot shit in all of his movies. And he likes to be... I
1: remember remember seeing that. It was like, um... (laughs) You know, uh... The the genius of Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. Write a scene where a character has to lick an attractive woman's foot. Cast an attractive woman for the (laughs) woman. Cast yourself as the person (laughs) licking the foot. Quentin Tarantino, ladies and gentlemen.
0: yeah. Yeah, he's totally just living out like fantasies. It's it's so gross. Um, and then he has like, look, I, I like Tarantino's movies, but I don't like the guy. Something about I, him, you know. I I just uh, he uh, something about him. He, he's a he very loves.
1: skeezy sort.
0: Yeah, he is. He's a he is a very skeezy kind of slimy dude. I like and, the movies, I,
1: uh, but. I had this. I had this discussion with some of the people in the in the Discord the other day. He seems now uh, all he writes are these weird alt history revenge fantasies. Yeah, it's like you know, uh, Django Unchained was just that let's go, let's go and... shoot, let's go shoot a bunch of racists, and then yeah. there was um, and then there was you know, Inglorious Bastards. Let's go back and, and kill Hitler and. And then there there's uh, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood, uh let's go back and 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 kill the Manson family. Yeah. And it's just it it it's just like all he does know is I guess write alt history. And
0: apparently, I mean <laughs> that again, it, it's another reason why I don't know. The, 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 like I enjoyed Dust Till Dawn. I think it just that's Right in the ballpark of the kind of stuff I like from Tarantino, I was never a fan of Django. I was never a fan of Um uh, Inglorious Bastards. I-, I liked Hateful Eight. That that was like I thought that was good.
1: H- Hateful Eight. Oh god, I Hateful Eight was hysterical for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> like yeah. I remember watching it and like getting Almost exactly to like the second halfway through going like. Man, this is a really well made movie. They've got a mystery going. There's a lot of characterization. There's a lot of really, really interesting stuff going on here. And then it's like it's like they were making this movie behind Tarantino's back and halfway through, he finally realized and just barged on set. He's like, all right, all right, all right, you shoot him. He's gonna shoot her. You shoot him. Come on, we're doing a Tarantino movie. Fucking act like it. <laughs> and then it just turns into a slaughterhouse. And then and then a guy sucks Samuel L. Jackson's dick, and 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 then Samuel L. Jackson gets shot in the balls. And and then it's like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, yeah. The Tarantino movie. I almost forgot. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I agree. I mean, I think uh, overall. I, th- I think that Hateful Eight was good, but it did have these Uh I see people in the chat are making mention of some things. Um, Hateful was decent. Uh, yeah.
1: Boda says Kill Bill. Well, yeah, Kill Bill's good. Oh, Kill Bill's, Bill's the, the fucking goat. I mean, yeah, come on now.
0: I think that he he was still, you know, doing really well because it was an homage and he did a good job yeah. on the homage.
1: Grindhouse. I, was- I, I loved Grindhouse. I was. That was one of the things uh, I insisted you know, on seeing in theater. And like my my aunt at the time was, you know, that very straight laced person. She's like, I'm not watching that movie with you. I'm like, OK, I, so I had not, to take like the bus down to watch it.
0: You know, I will say and maybe people will think I'm not that sophisticated for feeling this way. But in Grindhouse, I certainly loved Planet Terror. But I did not mm-hmm. care for uh, Death Proof. I felt that.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't as big of a fan as Death Proof. It's just well, so much women sitting around and talking.
0: With their feet in the camera. But like yes. also, also, like he, he, I think that he thought it would be really clever to have the, us meet some women. And then like have the, the guy kill them all. Just kill them all. And then we meet a whole new group of women. And those women stand up to him and defeat him. And I was yeah. like, that's kind of dull. Like, what do, what does the first group of women have to do with the second group? Obviously, they don't have anything to do with it because he's just presenting two scenarios with two different outcomes. But personally, I thought that as goofy as it was, um, Planet Terror was a lot more sort of... It was a consistent, basically. Like, it flowed... From beginning to end even though it was about zombies and all this other shit you know um but it was just so and i mean like there's some good actors in that too like the fucking guy from lawnmower man boy
1: mm-hmm. got the devil
0: in him um so yeah like i enjoyed planet terror so when i went to buy uh the movie on blu-ray i only bought planet terror and i didn't get death proof
1: yeah, I, I i more i more so enjoyed it for the feel of it for like the yeah. uh the atmosphere uh, and of course watching it in the theaters and then having the the joy of watching all of the little like the fake movie trailers that they wrote.
0: Oh, I love the fake movie trailers. Oh,
1: those they're, were the best.
0: Those are great. Thanksgiving and that should yeah. be a real movie. Like
1: <laughs> my my favorite well, was Don't. Yeah, Don't.
0: <laughs> Uh, or the one with uh, Nicholas Cage? It's like
1: um, uh, were- were- werewolf, werewolf women. women of the SS. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Oh God, there were so many bangers, and like the best part is the best part is more than one of those actually turned into an actual movie. Really? You know that's the, yeah. Well, we got machete. Oh, and that's, um, yeah, they did do machete. We got we got hobo with a shotgun. Yeah,
0: I didn't see that.
1: Um but that so- movie was it, it took a very weird turn. I'll just say that much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hobo with a shotgun. That's
1: it? Um, I, I think there are more, but I can't remember. I, I know those two off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, that's no, that's good enough. All right. Well, anyway, we've been talking for a bit. I'm gonna go into the after show. So if you guys want to join us, we we still have a couple more stories we're going to talk about. We're going to look at uh, this kind of low. It's a very low quality trailer for the new Indiana Jones. Um, so, yeah, I guess there was a leaked trailer and I'm sorry. Uh, but if you want to join us to check this out, go to uh, FeedTheBadger.com and start a monthly subscription and we'll be able to watch together. Uh, I'm also going to be talking a little bit about Blade, which is, um, it's not just an awesome movie from 1999, but Marvel is working on remaking it for the MCU, and they're running into some trouble. And uh, there's also a story about The Last of Us, uh, HBO star Bella Ramsey, and she, essentially, she was encouraged not to play the game before filming which is a little bit weird.
1: Is the Blade Trouble Wesley Snipes?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, I, I, I saw that one coming.
0: Well, no, 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 no. It's not Wesley Snipes. I don't think. It's like, oh, just, no, no. they're just like, Marvel is, uh, I think that they're losing a lot of money. And they gotta yeah. like push back dates. And uh, if I remember correctly, um, that guy, Ali, I don't remember his name. But the guy who was who wanted to play Blade, he, he was uh, he played a character on uh, Luke Cage when it was airing on Netflix. Maharshala Ma, Ali. And he was the guy who wanted to play the character of Blade, but they're just pushing it back. I think it's just money. Mm. Um, so they're probably in a lot of trouble financially. So anyway, uh, before they replace Blade with a woman. Uh, maybe we can get like one. De- I don't think so. Like from, from what I read about the script, there's only two action sequences in the whole movie, which sounds wow. exactly like what I would have expected. Because if you look at the new stuff that that not just Disney, but like Hollywood in general is putting out, it's usually two action sequences, one in the beginning to try and get you hooked in and then nothing until the end or the climax. And then it might be a CG fest. It might be shorter than you think because it's not intended as like a showcase, like the original blade. That was like a labor of love. So Wesley Snipes wanted to show off his martial arts skills. And so he, they, they took a character from the comics that he could play and he did. And, and that was
1: a total diva the entire time
0: he was. Well, yeah, he was, but, he was good at what he did and every like how many action sequences are there in blade, the original from 1999. I mean, I could think of at least like five or six and it's like constant. Yeah. yeah, It's like constant. What? why is that? Because it's an action movie. In fact, it's a martial arts movie. It's sort of like, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a sub, it's a sub genre of action where it's highly choreographed, you know, very fast moving, very exciting, very like energized fighting sequences that like other movies don't do that. You know, um, even other comic book movies don't do that. Maybe except like some of the early Captain America ones, um, because that's what he was. He was a brawler. But but like, beyond that, though, no. And so. Um, I'm this is not going to be good. Like this blade remake is not going to be good. I wouldn't get excited. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say.
1: But it's going to it's going to be the fucking tropey MCU formula where they put in just a bunch of unnecessary comedy without it being a comedy. He's going to say a bunch of corny one liners that are going to become memes uh, yeah. He's going to He's going to fight. A, a, the climactic fight is going to be against the villain with powers very similar to his. Mm-hmm. And nothing of consequence will happen. He is simply going to be established and shoved into the MCU kicking and screaming.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because they just want to be able to say they own
1: it. And then they're oh, going to... Own a sky beam. There might be a sky beam.
0: There might be. <laughs> and then they're just going to destroy it. And then um they're gonna replace him with a woman i mean i could tell you that right now they're gonna they're gonna kill him off or something and there's gonna be a woman they've done this basically without fail
1: like if you look (laughs) at the new i just oh god i just imagined the worst thing
0: if you look at the new phase four lineup it's all women except for anthony mackie and i'm i'm wondering like he seems out of place yeah
1: brian imagine imagine The replacement, the female replacement for Blade. Leslie
0: Jones.
1: (laughs) 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 I could see them doing doing that. uh, Doing uh, doing all the jumping around and wire fighting and kung fu. And it's just completely unbelievable. Yep. (laughs) Gravity defying.
0: Exactly. So anyway, uh, we're going to head into the patron show and talk about those things. So uh, if you guys... Um, let me just make sure that I've read all of the super chats and super chows. So, uh, thank you again, Blave Kaiser, for that message. Uh, Senior, I think it's Senior Sticks. Yes, gives us two dollars and says, "War not bad for health, but men having hobbies is bad. Yes, for their for their heart." Hugh Brother Soulstar gives us two bucks and says, "I survived Nintendo Uh, What's Nintendo itis?
1: Oh, you know, that's when they were, like, they were making up, like, names for repetitive stress injuries. And they were like, this is a really big problem. This is something we're going to have to do in the future. We're going to have to, you know, you're you're going to have to be, be careful. Oh, my God. Look at all the, the the endemic of, you know, people spraining their thumbs or something like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Nintendo. We used to call it Nintendo thumb.
1: That's what I remember we, there was my friends. And there I. was I, I remember getting an earful from one of my aunt's. She's like, have you heard of this? They're calling it Oh God! I'm like, that's just a repetitive stress injury. They just gave it a new sexy name to talk about the current thing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, God. All right. Well, we're going to head into the patron show now. So uh, please consider joining us by going to FeedTheBadger.com. Five bucks a month will get you into the Discord And uh, you'll be able to watch the additional content much like you are right now. And if you give it higher levels, then you can probably join us in the conversation itself. The Nerdcast is not a very uh, high level thing. So, you know, you can get in for pretty cheap. I I just don't know how much that is off the top of my head. But trust me, (laughs) it's it's the lowest like cost um, for entry. So anyway, if you guys like this video, please smash that like button. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed, hit the bell for notifications, Uh, leave us a comment, let us know what you guys think about what we discussed on the show, and please share this video because sharing is caring. Thank you guys so much for uh, coming on today's episode of HBR Nerdcast, well I just call it the Nerdcast, and we will talk to you all in the next video. Goodbye everybody.